Are you thinking about starting a podcast but don't know where to start? Let me take a second to tell you about Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast across a plethora of listening platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all the big ones. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, completely free. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, do yourself a favor and check out anchor.fm or download the app to get started. Hey everyone, if you're enjoying Increase of Our Reality, I'd really appreciate it if you could drop a review or a rating and I'll give you a shout out on the show. While you're at it, come join the Telegram group and follow the show on Instagram and across social media. If you'd like to support the show, check me out over on Patreon for early access to Inquiries of Our Reality and Big Dumb Inquiries, which is the Swapcast show I co-host with Kyle Rainey of the Big Dumb Podcast. If you'd like to pick up some merch, come check out the merch store. If you want to help me out to upgrade my equipment and pump out even more awesome content for you guys, come donate over on Anchor. Or Kofi. And last but not least, if anyone is interested in being a guest on the show, sponsoring the show, has a topic they want covered, or you feel you have something to contribute to the show, send me an email at inquiriesofourrealitypodcast at outlook.com. All the links I mentioned are in the show description. Just tap or click the link tree link to be directed. Thanks, everyone. I appreciate you, and I couldn't be doing this without you. Now enjoy the show. The reality we live in can be a very strange place. Most of the time, fact being stranger than fiction. How we ever start to understand this reality we live in unless we question everything. Join me and a guest as we unravel the mysteries of this reality, one topic at a time. This is Inquiries of Our Reality with Shane Jones. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the now 23rd episode of Inquiries of Our Reality. Today, I'm here with Moral Bob from Hidden in Plain Sight. How's it going, man? What's up, dude? Glad to have you on the show, finally. We've been talking for a couple weeks, and uh, yeah. I said I wanted to hear about all your theories and stuff. But, but I guess before we get into this, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and where you came from? Uh, yeah, my name's Bob. Um, I, I came from the political side of things and then just kind of got bored with politics because I just realized it was all nonsense and stupid and a distraction. And then was presented some some theories along the way. It started... I guess my really deep dives started with um, with COVID, really, uh, since we were talking about that before we started recording. Um, that was kind of when I started, like, I've always been kind of awake to the government sucks. They lie to us all the time and nothing is real. <laughs> I've kind <laughs> of always been there. Um, but when COVID hit and they were saying all of this shit, I was just like, man, this can't, this isn't true. This isn't true. I've seen all of these little stupid viruses come and go. And none of this can be true. And I started doing really deep research on vaccines, which I was already kind of anti-vaccine. But I started doing research on vaccines, viruses, all of that shit. um, Because I saw an episode with uh, Andrew Kaufman, Dr. Andrew Kaufman. And he's he's a terrain theory guy and a doctor. And so that's what started me doing deep dives is I did just like thousands of hours of research about viruses and vaccines and just realized it was nonsense, got kind of ostracized from some groups for, you know, believing for just questioning the stuff and pushing back against stuff. Um, and then, you know, then I became a flat, you know, once, once I was just kind of didn't give a fuck about what anybody thought, 
I just started doing research about stuff in flat earth. Dave was on the show. I heard him and I started researching flat earth and did probably at least hundreds, if not thousands of hours of research with the globe and heliocentric model and uh, flat earth and what it's all about, what it really is. Um, and then, uh, you know, they all just kind of intersect at some point in time, man. It all kind of comes together and you start talking about like it, it, what it is, is like it all connects. Tartaria, mud floods, flat earth, uh, the, the rulers of this realm that are selling us nonsense like viruses and vaccines. It all it all intersects. It's all connected. You can't you can't dissect one piece away and, and isolate it because it's all kind of connected to this fictitious fucked up world that we live in. Um, you know, people say that we're headed to the metaverse, man. No, 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 no. We live in it. This is a completely fake world that we live in. Everything about it is fake. The city you live in, the car you drive, it's all fucking made up shit to control you. That's all it is. Um, and people need to fucking realize that. They need to realize that we are already in a simulation. Um, I have a, a board game theory that the people that rule this realm aren't even here. They're not here. They're not going to live in this shit because it's a dumpster. You know, the people that own the dumps, they don't live by them. You know, like, <laughs> they sit outside of them. Um, so I think they need to. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so I think I think this is just a big game for the rulers that are outside of our realm, man. They're just playing it like a freaking game of Monopoly. And we're all just part of it. So what, what kind of evidence do you have that made you start believing in the flat earth theory? Um, well, like I said, I, uh, I had heard flat earth, Dave, I had been presented with flat earth before, but I just kind of, I, I didn't just, I didn't have a visceral reaction. Like a lot of people do. I was just like, all right, what do you got? And the person that presented it couldn't explain anything. And I was just like, okay, whatever. Like, I didn't like, they were a cool person. So I was just like, all right, whatever the fuck that is. I don't care. Um, and, and it wasn't until I heard flat earth Dave and that dude knows his shit and he started laying down some freaking big numbers and some crazy shit. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can see too far. We're moving at what rates of speed and what trajectories? Like, you know, my first like light bulb moment was when I realized, oh, there's no way we're doing all of this movement through space because the stars don't change. And that's when I was just like, okay, this is, there's something here. Like there's, there's definitely, we're being lied to. Cause I already knew the moon landing was a lie. I knew nine 11 was a lie. I knew a lot of, you know, you start throwing out all of this stuff, Gulf of Tonkin, Bay of Pigs, um, Waco, Ruby Ridge, you know, all of these things, you know, Vietnam, uh, basically every fucking war for the past who knows how long are all were all fake and they were all made up bullshit that engaged us and now people died people like i'm not saying that the wars were fake um but they weren't for what they told us and so you know when i started looking at flat earth i was just like all right because i was seeking truth and when I had a bunch of shit that the globe model couldn't really explain and it seemed like nonsense, it just kind of got to a point where I was like, all right, so the earth is fucking flat. Like it has to be, you know, none of this shit that, that I've got out in front of me could possibly happen on a ball. You know, you've got NASA that just is 
complete when you really start looking at nasa it's all stupid shit man like i could replicate a lot of their goddamn pictures in like an hour on freaking photograph uh you know i know a lot of their mars pictures are from uh different different deserts and then they put different filters and stuff on them yeah dude there's there's a picture on nasa's website of mars that is an exact match for a piece of land in like greenland like like exact match all the rocks are in the same place everything it's just like okay like (laughs) like they've got to be laughing at how easy it is to trick everybody because when you really start looking at the globe model the heliocentric model it nothing holds up to scrutiny none of it like everything is parallel that's that's what i got to where i was just like okay okay that's the definitive thing right there is that when because i've I've been in construction and I've built a lot of shit with my bare hands and everything has a universal level. There is a universal level. Like, Oh, did you make that level? Like the fact that there's that term, Oh, did you make that level? Well, my level and your level, even standing 10 feet apart should be different. Very true. Even if it's just the slightest of degree, it's going to be different. And when you build things on this level, everything ends up flat and parallel. Like you can look out and look at different water towers like 10 miles apart. They should be like this. And they're not. They're fucking, you could see that they're perfectly parallel. You know, even when they're just way off in the horizon and you see them and they're like miles apart, they're parallel. And it's just like, that would never happen on the ball. The shit, the the earth would have to be a hundred times bigger than it is in order for everything to be measurably and observably parallel like that. Like, so So do you think it's like a, like a surface that might have like an ice wall or something around it? Or how would you describe the actual shape then uh, as far as would it be like a square or like a circular shape? Who knows really? I mean, uh, I haven't been to Antarctica, um, but you know, if we are to believe some of the evidence that's out there, like uh, captain cook, who sailed around it and had to, he sailed like 60,000 miles and had to abandon his trip before he made it all the way around Antarctica and ran out of supplies, had to go home. Like, and he, he, he like pressed on. Luckily he brought more supplies than he thought he would need because it was supposedly only like, like 15,000 miles to go all the way around it or some shit like that. Like it's, it's a significantly smaller piece of land than 60,000 miles. Mm -hmm. Um, and he sailed 60,000 miles, logged it the entire way and then had to give up before he made it all the way around. Um, now there's been some other shit that's been put out there. Is any of it true? I don't know. I don't know. I've never been to Antarctica. All I've seen is on the internet or TV or something. So I don't even know if that fucking place exists, to be perfectly honest, because I haven't seen it with my own two eyes. It's but, just a big, cold, flat area. So yeah. you, theoretically, it was almost anything. Yeah. And there's, Antarctica. you know, there's there's stuff like Admiral Byrd, where Admiral Byrd has a journal that said he flew out past Antarctica and saw other land masses that were larger than North America. Like, these are massive land masses that he saw outside of Antarctica. Like, like he went past Antarctica and there was other shit. Like, um, and if that's, you know, again, if that's even true, if, you know, I can't prove, I can't prove a lot of things, but what I can prove is that we're not on a ball flying through space. 
that's literally fucking impossible like statistically for everything to have happened the way that it has it's statistically impossible you know especially when you start getting into the size of the sun and the moon and the sky and how we're told that those got there and how we got into orbit it's all one statistical impossibility after another and it's just like you maybe if one of those things was statistically impossible and the rest were provable maybe you could still have something but literally every piece of the model is statistically impossible so uh, how do you describe space um, from your perspective? What do you what do you believe is space is exactly? It's not fucking some vacuum where there's stars and planets and shit. Like all the pictures that NASA has of has of those things are all fake, and they admit it. They say it's composites. Um, they say images. They say you know all sorts of things, but they do not say photograph or picture um, because it is not a photograph. It's not a picture they make it up i mean it's known that 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 nasa has a giant model of jupiter and they keep it in a dark room and take pictures of it and then they put some stupid little freaking northern lights on top of it that is clearly some computer creation fake ass shit um and people just fall for it people just fall for it there was recently a picture that they said they got of the back side of the moon right and this is a, this is on nasa's website it's a picture of Earth with the moon, like between the satellite or whatever nonsense <laughs> they say is taking the picture. And then it's the moon and then the Earth. Well, the backside of the moon is fucking dark, but the part of Earth that's facing us is lit up like a motherfucker. <laughs> like it's just total daytime on Earth. And there's not like a hot spot like there would be if a sun was shining on a back behind the earth but then there was no light on the on the moon and it's just like people just believe this shit you know and you can test this theory anybody that's listening to this and next time you're having a conversation with a stranger just just make up a lie just make up a lie just be like yeah i almost went to medical school i you know i had a scholarship and you know i had a hospital that wanted to you know give me a grant and and i just I, it wasn't for me so you're going to tell that to somebody, probably 99% of people you tell that to are going to be like, oh, wow, really? Why, why didn't you want, they're just going to fucking believe you, mm -hmm. you know? So we just get presented with all this shit that can't be proven. And we just accept it as fact. Like, I, I don't know shit except for what I can prove. And all I can prove is that I'm, I'm right here because I can touch myself. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm here. I am. I don't know what this realm is or what I am necessarily. This could be a computer program. Feeling in touch could just all be part of the program. Um, but I am here um, in some sentient form and I can prove the earth is flat. That's about all I can prove. So the rest is all theories and ideas. And I can go in any direction. And if I, I'm super open that we could possibly be on a ball if somebody could show me something that proves that we're on a ball even if it's bigger than earth show it to me but nobody cares. theories about when they try to put a map over a globe it doesn't exactly fit the shape so they have to kind of distort the uh the shapes of the continents in order to get it to fit but part right. of the other thing going back to what you're saying too is i feel like science is almost becoming like a religion in the aspect that yeah. people believe it with blind faith just because somebody's telling them that 
And that's kind of like how religion is, too, is that a lot of people fully 100 percent believe something off of somebody else selling it, not because they've seen or experienced it for themselves. Like, as for me, I'm a firm believer in that, like, I, I have no idea. So I'm not going to say it's anything specifically because I really don't know. And it's one of those things that nobody will 100% first year know until somebody's able to go to space that isn't financed by the government uh, and also doesn't have some kind of other agenda until, like, just well, the they have. man can go to space. They have. Uh, there's been hundreds of people that have sent independent balloons up with cameras on them. And they go up. And the horizon rises to the eyesight, you know, with a slight deflection um, as you go up. It like at a hundred thousand feet, it's like one to one or two degrees away from where it is at ground level. Like, but it's still basically eyesight. First of all, that would never happen on a ball. Um, and then like when you go up a hundred thousand feet, there's no curve. There's no curve. The horizon, these independent people that have done this stuff and they get their videos taken down on YouTube all the time. Um, but when they have just a regular non-fisheye camera lens, there's no curve and it's just flat. Like now, do we live on some infinite, you know, plane? Maybe, you know, but there's, there's a preponderance of evidence and I've been in airplanes and the, the rising of horizon to eye level no matter how high you go, is a reality. You know, on a ball, eventually, especially the ball the size that we're told the globe is, on a ball, you'd go up to about 10, 15,000 feet, and the, the, cur the curve of the Earth would start getting there, and you would the horizon would start to fall, not rise, as you go up. So as you ascend, the horizon might rise a little bit with you, but then it's going to start falling away because that's what it's doing. The further you see, you're seeing over that curve. And they say that we can see, um, we can see ships sail over the horizon, yet the horizon for a six-foot man standing on the beach is only three miles away. But then Neil deGrasse Tyson will say that we can't see curve at 100,000 feet. So which is it? Like, it can't be both. Like, who's lying? So... It just gets to the point where you just like, okay, this, like it was like the moon landing when I was presented with the fact that the moon landing was bullshit. Um, it, it got to a point to where I was like, okay, well, somebody's going to need to prove to me that we win. I mean, even if people didn't want to believe that the moon landing was filmed, I still like to believe that uh, no matter what the U S government would have filmed some of it. Cause even if we didn't make it there, we still had to prove that, proved to Russia that we made it there first. So be it right. we made it there or we didn't, we still had to have that film made. And considering that NASA likes to say that they don't have any of the original footage other than from TV casts, that also kind of puts another dampening in yeah. know, actually that being a believable story because you think that the very first time that NASA went to the moon, they would have a million videos, a million pictures, and that thing would be in a vault somewhere so there they would was, never lose that information. There was 12,000 rolls of film that disappeared. 12,000 rolls of film. Film that went through the Van, Van Allen radiation belt. Anybody that's carried a camera and gone through like an x-ray scanner or, you know, had some, some radiation applied to your film, you know it washes it out, doesn't make it through. How could you even develop any film that came from space? The radiation would be too great. And it would have washed it out. It would never survive. And we have no way to build anything 
that would survive that until we win. Say the other funny part too is that there's that new uh, I don't remember exactly what his qualifications are, but he says, "Oh, we destroyed the technology to go to the moon. We can't make it there, but we can go to Mars." Yeah, yeah. Like that doesn't, yeah, that yeah. doesn't make any sense either. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, it's so silly the things that they say, the things they do. Um, I mean, and people are like, "Well, why would NASA lie?" And it's like, well, if for nothing else, money, their budget's fifty-three million dollars a day. You know how convincing of a lie I could create with that kind of money? Right. You know, oh, dude, I could I could make you believe anything for that kind of money. Anything. Dude, I used to watch the NASA live feeds when I was at work. And I used to notice that probably every like five, 10 minutes, at least everything would stop. It would turn off or it would just stay in one steady spot and then it would catch up and keep moving. But the other part that I always thought was very strange is that you can never see stars up in the sky and you think that there wouldn't be any light pollution. So you'd be able to see endless stars throughout the sky. But why is it on the, the live feed right from the place or right from the uh, space station? You literally can't see a star. Well, I think what that is. is uh, So my theory is that. The sky we see is the firmament. It is some kind of dome who made it. Like, I'm not going to get into any religious battles with people. I am not religious. I don't have a belief system. Don't try to push me into your little circle of <laughs> fucking box. I ain't going to fit. Um, I'm not going to fit whatever you want to put me in because um, I don't have any belief system. I just have theories. Um, I like that in all the ideas as far yeah. as like, I feel like every single religion has truth, but you limit yourself as soon as you say this one is 100% correct because even if they all are based off the same thing and have different names for the same thing, there's still truth within all of them or possible truths within all of them. Right. So I look at them from a broader perspective, but I'm not yeah. religious to any specific religion, anything like that. I kind of just find all the stories interesting personally. Again, none of, nobody can prove any of it. So holding it, hold, holding it as truth um, and then like attacking people that don't, uh, that's really stupid. You know, it, like it's just really stupid. It defeats um, the purpose of the religion in the first it, place because religion right. is found on you know peace and you know taking care of your neighbors and all that kind of stuff. And as soon as people start killing other people for religion, that's where the problem comes in. Yeah, so it's really stupid to even like if you want to believe something, believe something, and let's other people believe what they want to fucking believe, and don't tell them that they're wrong and they're going to go to hell if they don't believe in your god. Like it's just it's stupid. How do you know? How do you know? You don't. You can have your faith. Cool, man. Cool story. You need to have faith in something. I don't. Don't push that shit on me. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think all of these things, I think these the, these texts, these religious texts and stuff, they all they all exist to tell us things. Um, same with the movies that they put out. You know, now they don't do it in in books like the Bible or, you know, um, the, you know, what is some of the other ones? I'm drawing a blank right um, now, but um, I see you. Can, there's a bunch from you can use. What is uh, the Torah for, for Judaism? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then and then you know there's the fairy tale books of uh, Ulysses and uh, God. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, um, all of this stuff is for us to draw upon. They put like little breadcrumbs out there for us to find stuff out. So based on the biblical narrative, I do think there is some kind of firmament some kind of structure that is the sky. Now it says in the Bible that God cast the fallen into the abyss. Um, and I think that could be translated wrong where they think cast like broadcasted into some kind of liquidy abyss type thing, you know, like broadcasting something into some water. 
Um, but I, people forget that cast can mean to in, in capture something, mm-hmm. right? So um, it's said that he created the firmament like molten glass. And so if he cast that molten glass in a dome and cast the fallen souls in it, um, then that's what could be the sky. That could be why we're so closely connected with everything in the sky and, it, you know, with stars, when things get aligned properly, because we are just projections of the souls trapped in the firmament. Um, is that a viable theory? I don't know. It's just the one that makes the most sense to me. Yeah, and that, that's all we can do. It's a matter of perspective. Every single person right. has been through different life events, uh, different experiences, and that's why everybody kind of has like a different set of beliefs. Because yeah. Just because you've seen a miracle doesn't mean the other person saw a miracle. And just because you perceived it as a miracle doesn't mean somebody else would perceive it as a miracle. Well, and some would say that perception is all that matters. Um, there was a guy that said, uh, if you can think of a universe or a dimension, it exists. Um, just, just having a thought of another dimension wills it into existence. Um, so, you know, there, there could be infinite possibilities as to it. It's, you know, Schrodinger's timeline, you know, it could be anything and everything all at the same time. We don't know until it happens. And unfortunately when it happens, you can't bring that knowledge back. (laughs) Right. Right. Everybody I've heard that, you know, passes away and then they bring them back. They say that they see nothing, but like theoretically that could be because the actual soul or whatever you want to call it didn't actually leave the body. So you didn't actually get to see this outside realm that there may be. It may literally have been right. like view of you inside of your own body still. Not why, that's why it's pitch black. Yeah. Um, I recently talked to Ron Weed, who's kind of been going around. He's got a. You just did my show like a week ago. Yeah. The Imaginarium, Imaginarium or Thought or something like that um he's a cool dude man he's got some cool stories even um uh not nothing against ron but i think everybody's controlled up so like even if it's made up it's interesting um but uh he his story made me start thinking of things like um because he tells this story of how he went from one body to another when he was basically born into existence um and it made me start thinking of how we transition through the timeline and whether or not this could be um, like a, uh, like a rehabilitation center. So we're meant to continue to live lives until we become enlightened and and go to the fifth dimension or back to source or whatever. Um, And what if like, we're, we're a soul in a body, but when we die, we go to this, this holding place. That's kind of like purgatory or whatever. It's not nice. It's not bad. You know, it's just a holding place that's waiting for another body for your soul to go into. And he tells this story of when he like just kind of got taken from one body into the next body, like almost instantly. And then he woke up in the new body and was like, wait a minute, what the fuck just happened? And maybe sometimes that happens. And that's why people remember stuff from their past life. I think in that holding place, maybe the memories are deleted. And then you're 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 like... Uh, gotten ready for the next time that you go in so they try to delete all of your previous it so you do, so you can't go into the next life with like the cheat codes 
yeah, you know, <laughs> dump out the hard drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a full wipe situation where it's just like, nope. But then sometimes there's just this perfect synchronicity of energies or something where somebody is dying out of one body and there's another opening in another body because he's like, uh, supposedly the person that he went into had like jumped over a couch and hit his head. So maybe that kid died and he just like, just like sucked into that fucking body. And cause there was an opening. Um, I, I think it's possible <laughs> at least because I think anything's possible. So, um, and I think there's too many, there's too many instances of people remembering shit from past lives. Like I remember one insane story uh, where this kid, you know, was like five and he was in like Afghanistan or, you know, somewhere over in the Middle East, Eastern Europe kind of area uh, might've been like Turkey or something, but nonetheless, uh, he like at five, when he could finally like talk and communicate and was cognizant, he went to his parents and was like, Hey, I'm so-and-so from a previous life. And maybe, maybe Ron's story is kind of, I'm just kind of spitballing now. I'm kind of connecting thing. Maybe, maybe at a certain age, because, you know, you can only, you can only you can start only... remembering stuff at four, which was right. around the age he said. Right. Right. So maybe there's some tie there, uh, but at like four or five years old, this kid goes to his parents and he's like, Hey, I'm so-and-so and I died and I had killed some people and I know where the bodies are. And he led like his parents and like the town, fucking leaders and shit to this place and was like dig right here there's some fucking bodies right here and they dug and they dug up fucking bodies like people that the bodies do you know i'm i'm super curious i, I don't think a long it was, time ago or no i don't think it was i think it was like a recent thing like not maybe years but not like decades later yeah, that's what I'm curious about. If it was like something that happened a long, long time ago or relatively recent, because that's if, maybe even weirder if there was still like flesh and consistency to right. tell who they were, you know? Right. So, uh, so it could be, it could, we could reincarnate. There's a, you know, there's talk of reincarnation on in almost every religion and society. So, and I mean, I feel like it's one of those things too where, it sounds kind of messed up if, if you notice some of the best people end up passing away young. So it almost makes you wonder if they figured it out and that's why that happens and that death isn't necessarily a bad thing, but it's where you want to be. But we're here because we're still trying to figure out the lesson that we're supposed to be taught. Yeah, maybe when people die young from random things, um, it's like uh, it's like the movie Powder. They just figured it out and became this energetic being and they just cashed out on their freaking their physical body and just was like, Zoop, later. I mean, I like to believe that at least you got to have some type of uh, hope for something on the other side. I feel like it's better sure. to at least have a little bit of hope and a little bit of something, even if it sounds crazy to everybody else, rather than just be a straight atheist, because if you're a straight atheist. I get it. Like, you know, you just want to be as realistic as possible, but uh, like it's just it gets you through your life a little bit better, even if you're not looking forward to passing away by any means, because any religion that your whole focus is when after you die, I feel like that's also a problem uh, as long as you enjoy your time here. And if you have hope for something on the other side, like it's never a bad thing, you know, and I'm never going to put anybody down for having any type of beliefs. I, I, I myself go more towards the spiritual shit, like, like kind of what we're talking about, but there's not yeah. really a specified name for exactly like the, the views that this community has, but a lot of them seem very close as far as like what we like to believe. Yeah, man. I, I think everything is connected through energy. I think, 
you know, we've been put into this form to enslave us. Like, I think we have been intentionally put in this human fucking configuration as a trap. Um, now, is it some rehabilitation center like the Bible says, or is it, you know, some kind of just oligarch trap where they're just wanting to control us and make money on us so they can get more powerful? It's um, like because a game maybe they're not powerful. Over. Yeah, maybe they're not powerful in the other realms and they just want to have power here. That would work for the soul projection as well. You know, if if the souls just like if you spend enough lives that you kind of figure shit out, you learn how to kind of hack the system. Um, and that way you just realize that if you can stay here and live forever, then you can gain power. And so you have people like Nancy Pelosi, who's like fucking 900 years old, just sucking on freaking baby adrenochrome living forever um, and because they know when they die, it resets. You know, and they, they get reset and they won't have any of this shit anymore. And they'll have to start over. See, now that you brought so, up adrenochrome, I got to ask you about reptilians. Do you believe that reptilians are so like more of like a metaphor for somebody that's cold-blooded? Or do you believe in actual reptilians themselves? Uh, I, I think it's, I think them using reptiles to demonize things is an inversion. Uh, I'm more of the Gnostic belief that, the reptile in the garden of eden was the good guy yeah because um, he's trying to bestow knowledge like i have right. a lot of theories about this stuff too and i feel like uh mm -hmm. it was intentionally placed to put down a lot of past religions because a lot of past religions saw serpents as the wise ones right serpents were always a symbol of knowledge and uh intellectual freedom um so i think that's been an entire inversion it's been an entire inversion to you know just demonize it and i think you know, therefore, the reptilians that we're told are people like Nancy Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. That's just um, that's just, you know, them trying to invert it again and, and just play on it. So people don't look further into the analogy of a serpent and what it actually means. They're just like, oh, whatever. People think they're lizard people. And it's like, no, they're not actually lizard people like this is symbolism. See, I have kind of a theory that, I don't know, you can view it as a possibility. I've talked about it a couple of times on my show, so I apologize to the listeners who have heard this a couple of times. But, uh, like, my belief is that it's possible that the missing link for DNA could have been the Anunnaki. So if that was yeah. the DNA link, we would perceive them as angels, which would describe a lot of the drawings that we have of angels being, like, tall, winged beings. Yep. So if the, the um, serpent that came into the Garden of Eden could have theoretically been a reptilian trying to give knowledge saying like hey this is what's going on like you're the slave race like get the point so we, then we demonize them because we're looking at our creators like oh we love you this is who we care about and we saw them as like demons so eventually it kind of became a thing where they started playing the part where theoretically like the serpent and demons could be like a reptilian race where they're just trying to bestow knowledge upon us and we started demonizing them for so long they eventually said fuck it if you want us to be the bad guys we're just going to play the bad guys because yeah. you're way the, the the world is shaped i'm still a firm believer in hollow earth theory so who's to say that reptilian uh, type people couldn't have been inside earth dwellers there dude that is um those aren't mutually exclusive because i still hold hollow earth as a theory as a viable theory still on a flat plane we don't know what's under us um it could be anything um and i mean the deepest hole that was ever dug was 7.6 miles um and that now 
granted it could be deeper because there's supposedly a, an upper firmament and a lower firmament and when they dug that hole in russia they hit what they described as an impenetrable barrier well think about all the stuff that you could if you have 7.6 miles you could build all sorts of civilizations in that 7.6 in just that 7.6 miles now is it infinite down in different realms down as it is out maybe and maybe the one below us is just the one below us and there's one below that and who fucking knows that can be their sky and that's um, why they can't get through it <laughs> right um yeah i actually had that conversation with my wife today i said what if we're the top of the firmament and what like we have water here so what if we're the firmament and we're separating the waters above here from the waters below like the water table like and maybe the water table because there is an there is a global water table folks for those that don't know that you can drill down anywhere in the world if you go down far enough you hit water um so you know maybe maybe the water the the water table is you know the waters above and we're actually above that who knows if there was any, there was supposedly, I think, what was it? Seven great cataclysms. I mean, who's to say yeah. that one of them wasn't so bad that people moved underground and then they adapted mm-hmm. to be underground because yep. there's a lot of species that have adapted, not even have eyes because they've gotten used to living underground. Like everything will eventually adapt. And then also I want to add on to your last thing. Have you heard the theories about there theoretically being like a water layer in the sky and that's what caused the great floods? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think the, the floods are more likely, you know, because I, I try to keep stay in as believable of shit as possible. So I, I use what we already know to be fact, like the water table. Maybe there was less water on Earth than there is right now. Um, and that's why people talk about Pangea. Pangea wasn't a shifting of continents. It was actually just an increase of water when that broke up. They didn't break up and shift apart. Just water came into this realm and flooded it, and then the lands were separated. Um, So maybe the water table was a lot bigger than it is now, and it squeezed together for whatever reason. You know, it could be a machine below it with people controlling it from hollow earth. Who knows? Um, If you've seen the movie Dark City, you'll know what I mean. Yes, I have um, seen that movie. Yeah, that's a yeah, great yeah. movie. <laughs> so, so well, for whatever reason, the water table squeezed and a ton of water rushed out. And it rushed out so fast, it hit the firmament and came back down and came down as rain from above. And that's why people think it came from above, but it didn't. It was actually just squeezed out of the earth at such an insane rate. That caused this. Yeah, it called it caused this massive flood with it a bunch of sediment. So I think the flood, the great floods and the mud flood are one and the same. I mean, there's a lot of ancient stories that refer to the flood, such as the Epic of Gilgamesh, the Bible. So I I fully believe that no matter what way you look at it, the great flood was definitely a thing that happened. But I do like your idea of what you said, where the water raises up, because that seems the most probable to me, whether it came from underneath or it came from. I don't see how that much water could come from something above unless there was so just like a, I don't know, a lot of water up on some kind of mountaintop or in like the Arctic type areas or something. But other than that, well, I mean, we've had a bunch of issues with the ice caps melting currently, mm-hmm. and we haven't had the water levels raised that much that they're still finding civilizations that are a couple of miles out, you know, from the, right. from the coast. Right. So there could have just been more land by just 
rule that there was less water. And so passages to these other lands were all connected better. And that's why a lot of the civilizations um, have similar stories because they're probably just migrants from those other places. They carried those stories with them. And it was a lot easier to move from one place to another because there was more land connected and there was less water. And so if that was the case, then you can go everywhere. And that's why there's, yeah, that's why there's giants everywhere. That's, That's why a lot of cultures seem to be in one place and then another. And it's because they just moved some, maybe something happened in this one spot and they just bounced. Um, you know, maybe it was a neighbor or tribe or something that forced them to try to find a new place and they just went somewhere else and posted up. Um, and they could do that easily on just land. Um, and who knows what kind of crafts and shit they had anyway. Um, they could have had some kind of technology that we don't even know. Uh, so I always say just because we're advanced in technology, like the way we see it, where it's like electric technology doesn't mean mm-hmm. that there wasn't other advancements in other types of technology that we don't understand because we never attempted to do these things. Like the Egyptians yeah. could have been into advanced like technology as far as rocks go, which is why we can't even mimic stuff that they can do now. Cause they could have had something totally different that we can't comprehend because we've never started from that base point of electricity to build up from there. They could have started from water power, for example, and then built up from there and had a totally different premise of technology. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, think about how many civilizations claim that they just moved into a place that another civilization already was. So a lot of these civilizations that we're studying, saying that they were the ones that created these places, weren't even the first people that were there. Right. Yeah, I think. And you can look at construction on some places like there's places like Machu Picchu, where the main buildings, the stones are there's no mortar and they're just on top of each other like laser precision and then the outer stuff is all kind of archaic and mortar and kind of a lot less you know uh, refined and so you can kind of tell that those places were just taken over um there's a dude that was in florida in like the 50s i think um that built this place called the coral castle i always forget the dude's name um but if you just like look up coral castle this like five foot 315 pound man built this insane freaking castle out of stone and he did it all by himself in the middle of the night and when he was asked he said he figured out the technology that built the pyramids and he he freaking his the front door to the castle was this giant freaking rectangle that was like 10 tons or 10,000 pounds, something like that. And it's pivoted so perfectly that you can open it with a single push of a finger. Have you uh, heard of B theory? What's that? Okay. So I was, I had this going on in my last episode. It was super interesting and you might want to look into it. So the idea is that there was this man that discovered how a bee can fly because like it shouldn't be possible how a bee can fly right. the size that they are. Right. And he figured out that they do this like hover kind of pattern so he he supposedly i say the listeners that haven't heard this story before if you want to listen to the beginning of the last show he tells it a little bit better because he did a lot more research on it but uh he figured out how to make the wing flutter patterns and he basically supposedly put it on a pallet i think it was a russian scientist because he was in siberia that's how he worded it but he figured out that essentially it created zero gravity and that there was like a certain way that the wings were set up for like these giant beetles, such as scarabs, which was why he was kind of connecting it into Egypt that he said he can create something that almost has zero gravity. But he was also mentioning that when this thing worked and he would drop things, 
there would be different uh like it would almost like fall into into like a warp and then it started describing a lot of like the different things that happened with the mothman as far as like the little tiny holes being in windows because he supposedly was doing this when he would drop test tubes and stuff like that and he uh i guess found a test tube that was fused into a window at one point that he dropped off the side of the craft but he was saying that like anything underneath it, it seemed to have bent time and stuff. And he also mentioned that a lot of these old cultures that have a lot of these brick structures that we don't understand how they worked have depictions of beetles that are very big bodies, small wings that shouldn't theoretically be able to fly. And he also mentioned that when he was flying and using this thing, he noticed that there was other places and other people that were saying the same kind of sighting, saying that it looked like a UFO from the bottom, a bunch of different stuff like that, that they're seeing like red glowing eyes coming from it. So he supposedly kind of put the technology away and said, all right, people already discovered this. Um, but he calls it, it's called B-theory, like B-E-E, but it's yeah. also B-theory because they don't feel there's enough enough evidence behind it to fully say that it's A-theory, if that makes sense. Right. It's yeah, super yeah. interesting, though. It's, it's a good theory. I, be, I I'd never heard it before, and I thought it was really interesting. I mean, it makes sense, but like a bee, a bee just um, is able to flap its wings in a way that it overcomes the buoyancy. Like it's people want to throw gravity out there, but there's it's the only thing that can be observed is relative atmosphere, atmospheric density. And so bees are just overcoming that, you know, that density imbalance with the design and, and flutter of their wings. Yeah. And that was supposed to be part it of be, it was the flutter yeah, yeah. pattern in the shape of their wings and it. Right. It so that things that were way heavier than they should be were able to fly on this. Cause he was yep. saying something like when he was making small versions of it, he would throw it up and it would just drop down really light, even if it was heavier than the wings. Yep. Yeah. And that's all there. It's just uh, creating a buoyancy effect. It's making the bee or the object more buoyant in the, in the air. Um, because, you know, I, I did a, I, I have a bunch of chickens and I put, um, I put a first egg that we ever got into um, this resin cast and and so and i waited too long i had it forever and i just kept forgetting and then we were at the the arts and crafts store and i was like oh yeah i want to get resin um but by then the the egg was bad so bad eggs anybody that knows bad eggs float they float in water because they've created gas on the inside of them and so they float but you know if it's not in water it falls but if it is in water, it's overcoming gravity and floating. No, you're just changing the atmosphere and therefore the relative buoyancy. You know, your, your floating egg isn't defying gravity. It's just more buoyant than water. That's it. And less buoyant, you know, or less buoyant than water and more buoyant than, than air. And so that's why you can take that same egg that'll float in water and drop it and it's going to fall on the ground and splat. Yeah, I was going to say a little little fun lesson for anybody that's interested too. If you always want to check to see if your eggs are good or not, you put them in water. And if the one end starts to float up, they're still good. But as soon as they float up to the top, you know you can't eat them. Just a little fun yep. fact because I'm also a guy who has chickens. And anybody that listens to this show, I'm sure, is into the whole concept of learning <laughs> yeah. how to run for yourself. So just a little cool chicken trick for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're ever wondering if your, your eggs are bad, uh, just put them in water. So uh, when you're doing your research, um, is there any more big lies that you noticed that you feel you have a lot of evidence behind that you would like to share with everybody? Um, man, just everything. I mean, <laughs> if, if I had to focus on anything, it's that their power is a lie. And all you have to do is deny it. 
you know, um, you know, I saw a shirt recently and it said the first step is to stop complying. Um, and we're never going to get anywhere. We're not going to break this realm. We're not going to do anything until we stop paying attention to the magicians that are casting the spell. Um, we have to either, either if you are going to look at them, it's to catch them in the trick. Um, and that's what we do, you know, but you have to realize, you have to realize he's doing a trick first, you know, not magic. And everybody's just like, ooh, because of the magic show. And they're not realizing that it's all sleight of hand nonsense. Yep. Um, so, you know, once you realize that, man, your mind is free. And once you get the courage, your body is free. Um, and then that's when shit really starts getting interesting. But in order for your body to truly be free, you have to remove all doubt. Um, and that's, that's what people have a hard time with. I mean, I have a hard time with it. I think I could read your mind and fly, but it's self-doubt that keeps me from doing it. So, um, you know, if you can remove doubt, nothing is impossible. Nothing. Yeah, I've seen that myself too, with a lot of things that once you put a cap on yourself, you're already setting your expectation of where you're going to reach. And if you don't put a cap on yourself, you're capable of theoretically doing anything that you want to do. Cause the only person that gets in the way is you. And everybody always says, it's like, oh, it's not the right time. Oh, I can't do that. And instantly by doing that, you're, you're instantly capping yourself. You can't do anything past what right. you expect that you can do. It's also it's going a, to be manifesting your own reality. If you block out the ability to see yourself doing something in the future, you're manifesting that it's not going to happen. And I don't know if you get into that theory, but I, I've had enough weird things in my life that I, I'm a believer in either one, there being a plan that everything happens for a reason, or two, you manifest the things that are going to happen in your life by having the intentions to do things or not do things. Yeah, I've manifested too much shit to not think manifesting is real. Um, and it's like, um, who said it? Um, fuck, I, I don't know who said it, but it's uh, whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. I love that quote. Yeah, I need to read. I need to freaking look back at who said that because it is it's it's perfect. It's perfect. You know, and I've tested this theory. <laughs> um, I deny all authority over me. I am not scared of anybody. And I just deny that I just refuse to be afraid of anything or anyone. And I've recently, you know, been able to make cops kick rocks just like, no, dude, fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, because like, you know your rights, they don't have anything to stand on anymore because they just kind of right. use their their badge and their power to yeah. their you know fake power, whatever you want to call it. Because realistically, a cop is no different than anybody else, other than the fact that they have a badge that we put authority behind. Right, right. So. Well, it's all and again, it's all perception, right? Like so, you know, the reason they wear this uh, authoritarian badge and the reason they wear a gun is because they know it's about perception, and so. Same with if judges. You, yeah. If you just are no longer scared of them, then their authority goes away. Like they are expecting you to be afraid of them. And once you're not, they have no power. You just, it's like, no, dude. <laughs> no. So um, that's another truth. It's all, it's all, it's all fake. It's all fake. Like, stop it. Knock it off. Quit complying with this bullshit system and everything will get better. Dude, that's the other thing I keep telling people too. I love to say it on every show because I just like to reiterate this point so much. But like the whole concept of people using like va fake vaccination cards, stuff like that. Like, <laughs> yeah. you're just trying to go to a concert, like whatever. But you're not looking at the broader picture here that if you're falling into their plan, 
you're just giving them that power. Even if you're not getting the shot, they still theoretically think you have the shot. So right. if everybody just actually makes a stand and if they say you can't go grocery shopping at this specific store, you start going to farmer's markets. Like there's ways around this shit. And if you yep. don't throw money back into the economy, then they're going to eventually have to drop this shit. If half, half the country says no, and they don't, they won't play into the shit any farther. Yep. It's, it's so simple to get this thing and get all of it to change. Like just stop. Like just, you know, we need everybody that's in, whether you're a libertarian, an anarchist, you know, whatever, whatever, whoever you are, apply your, apply your principles consistently. That's all I ask. That's all I ask. Left, right, center, libertarian, anarchist, don't have blind spots. Don't have exceptions for your principles or they're not principles. Like your principles cannot bend because to make things more comfortable or more convenient, you either have principles or you don't. So if you don't like the government and you don't want to fund war, don't fund war. Um, you know, stop giving them your money. Like, stop engaging in the system. Stop giving them power. Don't be scared of, of cops that pull you over. You know, get knowledgeable. You know, get smart about it because I carry law books in my truck. So I can show the cops that even legally they don't have the right to, like, even by their rules. <laughs> they ain't got shit you know like here are your rules and your rules say that what you're doing is not right so see, they're technically here to serve and protect as far as police go and as far as politicians go their job is to serve the public keyword there is serve like they don't have the power yeah. over you you're the one that picks them and they're supposed to be serving you in your best interest so if they're not serving your best interest everybody believes that they can't do anything but every great change was made when everybody finally stood up and stopped letting them play the game on our backs yeah, and I think that time's coming. Um, our movements are growing. More people are getting out of the city. I mean, we we are um, start. We're starting a school. We started just with homeschooling our kids, and then we had a couple friends that wanted us to homeschool their kids. And now, dude, it is blowing up. It is blowing up. My wife put something out there about needing um, someone to help with kids. You know, like once a week. You know, another homeschool kid that maybe you know, whose parents would let them come for some life experience stuff to go and watch kids and shit and help out in this homeschool. And when she put that out, she got blown up with people going, Ooh, I want to join your homeschool. Hey, I got three kids. Can you take my kids? Like people are fed up with the bullshit and they are making, making conscious decisions to change, to move out to the country, to get chickens, to grow food, to homeschool their kids and I think it's just a matter of time, probably pretty quickly before the you know, hundred monkey theory shit type starts to happen and it just kind of spreads. And they're starting to uh, tighten up the grip too, because I know as far as Australia, I have a couple friends over there that say that they're starting to try to make it illegal for anybody to produce their own food. And I know there's a couple states that are trying to do stuff like that. And then there was, uh, what was it? It was one of the East Coast states. They said that they were supposed to be doing pretty much the opposite, where they're trying to make it a human right to be able to grow your own food, which it should be, of course, because that's what yeah. people have been doing since the beginning of time. Like you, if people don't see a problem and them telling you that one, they've already done this one, but collecting rainwater mm -hmm. is illegal. Why is it illegal? Because they mm -hmm. can't make money off of you with the water because you have enough water yeah. to, you know, water your plants. Uh, as far as like food goes, like what reason would there be for you to make your own food to be illegal? Again, comes back to, they're trying to, they're trying to make that 
something that you have to come to them for. So they're creating power in themselves by trying to tell you, you can't do this shit. And the people are just letting it happen because they feel like they can't do anything. And I keep reiterating, man, like no change will ever happen until people start standing up. If everybody's too scared to stand up, they're just going to keep pushing it as far as they can push it. Yep. Um, I've got one of the, one of the kids that we homeschool their mom, their parents live in a neighborhood with an HOA and she's trying to plant, you know, raised bed gardens in her front yard. And the HOA um, has specifically pinpointed her and started pushing regulations of, of the HOA. And she decided to push back. And she was, she got a lawyer and it looks like she's going to win. Like, this is what we need to do is push back. Like, no, fuck you. Like, Funny story about that too. My dad has one in his uh, subdivision and they told him he couldn't have a fence. So they didn't have any rules against plants. So he made a fence out of shrubs and they all get pissed off about it. And he's like, nope, your rules don't say anything about that. And I wanted a privacy fence. You guys said I couldn't have one. So I put planters around my house. So I have shrubs. So it creates a fence. Yes, but you don't have a rule against this. <laughs> yep. That's brilliant, man. You know, use their shit against them. You know, that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, that's what I do with pretty much any argument. I just use their, their, what they consider weapons against them, whether it's Christians or Globers or statists or, you know, cops or anything, you know, I just, I use their weapons against them, you know, and that's the way to do it. Just like, oh yeah, well, what about this, this, and this on your shit? Like be consistent, fuck off. (laughs) I have a firsthand story I've used a couple of times that I think is pretty funny. When all the COVID stuff went down, uh, they had a rule for my work where you had to have your mask, but it said you had to have your mask on you. It didn't say specifically on your face. So I refused to wear the damn mask and I would put it in my back pocket. And every time somebody said something to me, I'd point out that the rule said it says you have to have a mask on. It doesn't say where you have to have the mask on. It yeah. said it could be on my person. That's how I perceive it. That's my perspective. Because <laughs> there was yeah. one day I went into the office and I love to, I love to tell this one to people. Um, I walk in the office and they're about to have a meeting about everything. And this was my old manager who's gone now. And uh, he was like, why, why aren't you wearing a mask? And I was like, here, let me show you something. I go in the back and I grab a spray bottle and I squirt it and it goes right through it. You know, like the majority of it, like it blocks some of it, but some of it still went through. And he gave me this look and he's like, you can't do that. You got to wear it. It's, it's a placebo. It makes everybody feel better. So it's like, not that he's anybody like substantial, mm-hmm. but like a lot of people knew that it was just a placebo effect for a lot mm-hmm. of the safety blanket. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's just nonsense. I got kicked out of a doctor's office for not wearing one. Um, and she she was like, um, you need to put one on. And I was like, why? She was like, well, because that's our policy. I said, if you can show me on the box it comes out of that it def- protects against viruses, I'll put it on. She was like, sir, it's it, it, it protects you. I said, no, it doesn't. I said, it says so right on the box. And she was like, well, we have immunocompromised people here. I was like, do their masks not work? And if they don't, then why should I wear something that's not working for them? And she was (laughs) like, sir, if you're not going to wear one, you need to leave. And I was like, do you not understand that this is nonsense and you need to stop complying with this bullshit? Like, stop it. Knock it off. I said, it's fine. I'll leave. I'll go to my, you know, I I was taking my son in because he was sick. Um, I said, I'll take him to his regular doctor tomorrow. He just didn't have an appointment today. So I'll see you later. Um, Fuck off. I don't need to be here. And I left and this nurse ran out um, and she was like, thank you. That was really brave. And we need people like you to keep saying stuff like that. One of the fucking nurses said that shit, but she, you know, she, 
she has a job and shit and didn't want to, you know, cheer me on in the building. But she, she ran outside and was like, thank you. Gave me a hug and was like, thank you. Dude, I have a doctor in the family and he says that he like pretty much everybody on his side of the medical community knows it's bullshit. And they're just, again, afraid of losing their jobs over the shit. And if you put in so much time to become a doctor and all that money, like you don't want to risk it. Yeah. I get it. You don't want to speak out about it, but it's like, it's sad well, that even the doctors know that it's bullshit. And it's gotten to a point where the people are policing themselves about this kind of shit rather than like the government even having to do anything because right. if the people that are wearing masks will scream at you for standing anywhere near them. Even that's, now. that's the trap, right? They get you to self-censor. They don't have to write it into law if they just get you to not do it. Cancel culture. That's that's the dawn of that cancel culture. You, yep. They want to get rid of freedom of speech. What happens? The cancel culture will find anything that you've ever said, take it out of context, blast it on the internet, and try to make everybody hate you. Yep. I mean, it's, um, you know, it, what's the thing? It's uh, when someone's livelihood is dependent on them not understanding something, you will never get them to understand it. Um, and that goes for, um, just admitting it, you know, if, if their, if their income is based in the lie, then they're not going to, even if they know it's a lie, they're not going to admit it because their income is based in, you know, they're financially incentivized to go along. Um, and they'll never stand up because a lot of these doctors are far overpaid, you know, they are not worth that shit. And they've just restricted the market through regulation and protected all these guys' jobs. And then they can charge whatever the fuck they want. And that's why shit doctors, you know, because doctor mistakes are the third leading cause of death in this country. Yet all doctors are rich. That's why they call it a practice. <laughs> yeah. Dude, these people don't know what they're doing. I mean, they learned Rockefeller bullshit medicine. They don't know how to heal anything. Most of them, I mean, unless they're a specialist, um, and even most of those should probably go away um in a real natural world they would go away um but you know these people don't know anything they only know how to treat a symptom you know it's it's like oh you have this that's wrong with you here take this you know they they're not actually going okay well what caused that let's let's go to the source let's figure out what caused this problem it's just like oh you know you get headaches take these pills you know not what's causing the headaches and also the pills are going to have three more bad side effects. Like, oh, they're right. bad for your liver. It's going to cause this. It's going to cause that. Suicidal thoughts and actions. Yeah, that's like the number <laughs> one thing. The number one side effect when it comes to antidepressants is suicidal thoughts. Like, how is that the number one side effect? What the fuck are they putting in that shit? Dude, it's insane. It's absolute madness. You know, America and New Zealand are the only two places it's legal to, um, to market pharmaceuticals. It's because they're normalizing mental illness now and trying to make it seem like everybody has a mental illness when that may even not, that's not necessarily how it is. There's a lot of things that people just need to find balance in their own right. um, that, but we live, we live in a sick world. That's the, that's the problem. Right. Um, um, so yeah, we live in this insanely sick society, right? Like, we are the dumbest and sickest we have ever been, yet we think we're advanced because we have fucking computers in our pockets. Like, no, it's that thing that's making us stupid. Like, <laughs> Literally, because there's a it, good side to the internet, and then there's the other side where it's like you 
watch a seven second video and then you scroll to the next one and you're like, oh, that's cool watching people dance. Oh, Look, that's cool watching people repeat the same fucking thing over and over again, which and, is different people. <laughs> and people will just go into this void where they spend hours and hours and hours of their day on their phone. And it's just like, holy fuck, man. Like, that's what I mean by it's a metaverse. Like, it's like, a trap, man, dude. because it makes it so that you won't actually look into not, and research all these other topics because you're right. too busy watching TV or, you know, scrolling on your phone. If you're using it to do research, then you're using it to do expand your information, your knowledge, you know, how you view the world, shit like that, depending on what you're researching, I guess. Um, but it's better than just like watching porn and fucking TikTok videos. Like, um, infinite but you should still thing at your fingertips and yeah. people won't take advantage of it. No, they really don't. Um, and I'm, I'm kind of over it, you know, like, I'm just like, eh, like I, I've contemplated for a while about getting rid of my smartphone because it's, it's just poison. It's just a distraction. I got better shit to be doing with my time. I need to be growing food and, you know, tending to the freaking yard and the chickens and my kids and, you know, starting new, more businesses that are home-based so I can, uh, not be out working in the fucking grind. And that's what I need. And, and that's why they do all this stuff is to just distract us from what we should be doing. You got to take their technology and turn it against them. That's like where, where you right. get podcasts is that right. we research things that they don't want us to research. And then we use their technology against them to put out like, you know, basically essentially a pirate radio channel in a sense, like the new age pirate radio. And then we right. wake up other people to these concepts and we get other people to start realizing these things. And we get other people to start prepping for themselves. Like, you got to use their own their own technology against them, kind of like you were saying, where you use their own rules against their own rules against them. Yeah, dude, I would like to get. I need to get an old ham radio, so I can like, if everything crashes, I can still broadcast something. Um, I would love to do that. Just an old ass radio, pirate radio situation where it's just an antenna on my roof sticking straight up, and a freaking little you know machine that I I run my mouth into. Yeah, I was making a joke on it on a couple of shows. Actually, no, it was a while ago. It was one of my first shows, basically saying that if anything ever goes down, all those podcasters are going to be on ham radio still broadcasting because as soon as shit hits the fan, that's going to be the first thing we all try to get. We're like, yep. I, I told you this is what happened. Now listen to me now and I'll tell you what will happen yeah. next. <laughs> yeah, I needed to go ahead and get a couple of them. I should probably get more than one. The old prepper um, prepper guidelines, man. One is none, two is one. Um three is two and then it's like four is more and five is solid or something like that some shit where it's like intermix pieces too if anything happens to one you'll still have a bunch of different pieces because right. like the same piece will break on every single one across the board you know exactly so it's all you want backups to your backups to your backups um so uh you know just uh everybody needs that like i used to make fun of preppers like I used to watch the shows just going like, man, these people are fucking crazy. Um, and now I'm like, fuck, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Why wasn't I paying attention? I should have been doing this ages ago. That's part of propaganda that I've been talking about, though, where they purposely will try to make people right. in the community look insane to try to make it so it's not normalized. That's where you get movies mm -hmm. like uh, The Many Starry Goats. Like you're trying to make mm -hmm. it as stupid as possible so that people will go, oh, that's fucking stupid. Those people are crazy. Same with the UFO shows, dude. You see them on like History Channel and it's like, we're looking at it from a perspective of an open mind, but people seeing like, oh yeah, there's uh, this race and they built the pyramids and blah, 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 blah. And if you've never been introduced to any of these topics, that's just so out there 
And then they got the guy with the crazy ass hair that looks even even crazier on purpose. Like I guarantee you all that shit is intentionally propaganda. And there's a lot of, of, lot of fact in it because they're trying to hide the fact within propaganda so you won't take it seriously. Yeah, which I, I used to watch all that shit and was just like, that's what started opening my mind. So I think a lot of this stuff is, you know, their controlled opposition is counterproductive um, because, you know, it it's opening more minds than it's making, you know, think it's silly. But they do that. I mean, they do it with everything. You know, they've done it with Flat Earth. They've done it with just about every single theory that we've been correct on. They have to, you know, they have to make fun of it. And dude, that's there's a reason why all of the movies about like rural people are these psychotic killers out in the middle of the woods. You know, if you've seen even as far as back as like Deliverance, it's like, oh, the rural people will fuck you in the ass. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's all, all the ones who will tra- who will give you some food and actually help take care of you and stuff. You know, right. if you treat them right, they'll treat you right because they're there because they just don't like to deal with shitty people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've we've figured it out. <laughs> One thing I always like to mention, too, because this was kind of like a like a ping moment for me when I noticed it is everybody decorates their house with pictures of nature. That just shows that we have a natural pull to nature. So why are we trying to force ourselves farther and farther into these cities? And again, it comes Mm -hmm. back to a control thing where they try to get everybody to work these corporate jobs or they get to a point where they're afraid to voice their own opinion out of fear that they're going to lose their job. So you're just making people into little automatons by pushing them into the cities and making them feel like they have to be part of this structure. Otherwise, they're going to destroy their whole way of life when realistically the way of life that a lot of people in the city have was never what was ever intended for people in the first place. We were never supposed to live like that. No, I think it's could, you know, I see the rulers of our realm as energy vampires. They're constantly sucking our energy. And I think possibly that cities are made the way that they are. So they're like batteries, right? Like, so all of these people collect in a city and it gives off all of this energy and they're harnessing that in whatever way you know and that could be uh you know just an analogy for them harnessing it in your focus and where you spend your money and your time maybe that's them harnessing it or you know maybe it is giving off some electronic signal and they're capturing it somehow in the sky through harp technology or something um but in a more literal sense everybody says they feel like their soul is getting sucked out of them from their job like there's a reason you feel that way. It's because you're not supposed to live that way. If you are miserable in your life and you can't get out of this every single day repetitive cycle, like it's there's a reason. It's because again, you're you're not you're not supposed to live like that. People aren't meant for that kind of shit. So even in the most literal sense possible, you just feel so drained and shitty from doing the same corporate bullshit every day. Yeah, even not corporate shit, man. I'm I work out by myself. I own a pool company, so I do all sorts of stuff with swimming pools and you know, I'm out by myself and it's still a soul sucking job because it's not what I want to do. Um, I make really good fucking money doing it, but you know, it's, it's just where I've found myself and I've always felt trapped because I know I can't just transition away from it and make as much money as I make. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've always felt trapped because like I got a family to support and shit and, you know, uh, and, and it's just, it, it's all a trap just the entire consumerism narrative and you know and that was another thing about about flat earth to bring that up too is that they just they trap us here not knowing that there's more land there's enough land for fucking everybody to have as much goddamn land as they want outside of here um but they just trap us here so we think land is a finite thing um 
and and then they can box us into their consumerism little cities and suck our life away and they use us up like batteries and throw us away i think we could live for you know possibly in infinite time um but we're just put here we're trapped and we're literally drained and that's why we die is the life is literally sucked the fuck out of us (laughs) yeah literally dude because i mean i work I work for a weed company and it started off very small, like family, local. It was great. And now this corporate company is taking over and I can just see such a transition in it where it's like, I'm being silenced constantly out of fear of losing my job. So it's like, after doing this kind of stuff, like I, it's just so hard to go back into just putting on your reptilian mask, so to speak, and just go into your nine to five job and just playing as, you know, a cog in this fucking system. Like it's, it's just shows how much that, people are intended to have conversations like this. They're supposed to dissect things. They're supposed to discover things like that's naturally what humans want to do more than anything is discover new things. And as soon as they you pretend like there's nothing new to discover, you can essentially control everybody because they feel like they're just kind of stuck where they're at. So I feel like half the battle is they're just trying to monopolize on the ability to explore new things. And that's why they push you towards the cities and pretend like, oh, there's not enough land for everybody is because by creating scarcity, they can jack up the price on things like they're trying to do with baby formula right now. Like I have a five month old and every single we went to I shit you not do like eight stores today and I cannot find one container of baby formula like it's getting that bad. And they're doing that shit intentionally because what are you going to do when you can't get anything? You're going to come, you know, talk to big brother like, hey, do you know how I can get this? Because I need it for my baby. And it's it's fucked up, man, that they just get raw milk do this shit. Yeah find raw milk somewhere i think raw milk is a better alternative than formula because if you get raw milk it's got it's got that awesome fatty like if you leave it in the jar mm-hmm. if you get a big jar of raw milk you see the darker i forget what it's called but it's the really good breast milk that's for the babies um fuck what's it called i forget <laughs> but in even in like human breast milk there's a if you leave it sitting it separates into a lighter part on the bottom and a darker part on the top. And the darker part is like the really nutrient dense, amazing shit. Well, if you get raw milk, it does the same thing. So you could possibly substitute raw milk for, for instead of formula, because they don't want to broadcast that kind of stuff. And that could be another reason why they try to make it illegal to get raw milk, raw milk straight from the cow is because they know that there's all these different practices and different things that you could use it for. But mm-hmm. they don't want you to because, again, they want you to go to the big corporation that's producing the baby formula because, you know, they're, they're making even more money off you because they take a 30 year check and then they do all this other shit intentionally just to keep taking money from your checks because almost everything that your money goes towards, if you follow it back, it goes to a big, huge parent company. And those yeah. are the people who are realistically ruling America in a sense is all of these giant companies and they may not even realize what they're doing. They're just a pawn in the giant system of things. So I don't yeah. feel like. The whole intention of the country is meant to be about money. It's about power, but there's still that step before where these people think they're on top and they're just monopolizing and taking all this money. And by doing that, they're making it so the people above them can take power over everybody else because they all feel like they have nothing. Yep. No, and they know what they're doing. Those big corporations, they know what the hell they're doing. They're in on it. They're all in on it. It's a big oligarch scam. Just to just to enslave us and trap us and take our money and and then you know just use us debt, up and so then you have to keep working too. The more debt you have, the more you feel like you have to keep working. And no matter what you do, you can never climb yourself out of that hole because you only make enough to well, get to the next week at the, for the most part. And that's how yeah. most Americans live. 
and they've destroyed strong men and they've destroyed families. So strong men don't have anything to, to fight for. So you've got all these weak fucks and families are destroyed. So nobody really has anything to fight for. So they're really just working for their work, you know, and it villainized masculinity it. too. Cause you always yeah. hear the term toxic masculinity. And I don't believe in that. Cause I believe that there needs to be a yin and a yang. I'm not saying you need too much masculine. I'm not saying you need too much feminine. You need both to counterbalance each other. And that's mm-hmm. why everybody who ever um, has done it, the best way to describe it, anybody who's ever done anything great and made a change, for the most part, there's a woman behind them or, you know, whatever you're into. But you need that ma- feminine and masculine energy. And it works the same as far as nature goes, too. That if you don't have a balance between the two, there's going to be an issue. And we're pushing so hard into the like femininity part now that it almost seems like the gender roles are changing in a sense that like the men are put down and are supposed to be the weak, timid ones, and the women are in control. And again, you need balance. It's not supposed to be one or the other. You're supposed to be an equal partnership. And it should be the same in society, of course, too. Um, yeah, I, and I think that's, it's all, you know, there's a, there's this cycle, and I, I've mentioned it on my podcast before, where it's like strong men create good times, good times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men. Um. And I think we are in the weak men create hard times part of that. But the good thing is, is that strong men creating good times is next. So that's, that's why I'm, that's why I'm wearing this shirt that I showed you. You know, this is this is why, um, you know, I, this is the time for strong men. We have to stand up. We have to push back. We have to say, fuck this shit. I don't comply anymore. I don't consent to any of this shit. You keep lying to me. You're stealing from me and I'm not going to take it anymore. That's why I'm on this podcast trying to spread the truth now, man. I got tired of the bullshit. I got repressed so much that this just happened at the right time in my life. And I feel like I'm actually hopefully making a difference with people and waking them up to a lot of things. Cause that's the whole premise of this is that the system isn't how it should be. And people need to push back and be tired or stop accepting the fact that you you're not, you're not strong enough. You can't do it because the truth is you can do it. And it's just a matter of everybody teaming up together instead of polarizing and fighting each other, to be honest with you. Right. Even you and I, you know, we're having this conversation and a lot of people think that just because one person's, you know, believes one thing and one person believes the other thing that they're not going to get along. But the issue is we're the only species on this entire planet that we know of that has the ability to sit down and have a conversation. So why don't we use that ability? Instead, we're just too busy polarizing and fighting each other and trying to cancel the other person that we don't agree mm-hmm. with instead well, of realizing that that's against freedom of speech in the first place. Well, and it's super anti-intellectual. Like um, true intellectuals, just we, we're open-minded about everything. If somebody presents a new theory with compelling evidence or even a compelling argument, an intellectual is going to be like, okay, all right, well, I can see where that makes sense. And sometimes you'll go, okay, well, I see a hole here, here, and here. What do you have to say about that? And then you engage in conversation, intellectual conversation, where you go back and forth to try to deduce, you know, an explanation for whatever thing or figure out the conflict or whatever. I think that's why true intellectualism has been also attacked is because they don't want us to think and, and talk to each other in you know, a thoughtful manner where we're engaging in the exchange of ideas in order to find the truth. Yeah. Right? They just want everybody to keep fighting so that you don't find that truth in the middle. Cause I'm always a firm right. believer to say that the truth is in the middle 
but it's starting to get a little bit late over here. Yeah. So one thing I really like to do before I have any of my guests leave is have them give the listeners some words of wisdom is from their perspective. Um, man, the, the best thing I can tell anybody is raising chickens is really easy. If you sure. want, <laughs> if you want to start moving yourself and most, most places will allow you to raise chickens. Um, you know, we have a lot of houses around here. We're in the middle of the city and there's a ton of houses around here that have chickens. Myself included. Um, yeah. So, um, start whatever small step you can take to remove yourself from the stupid ass system that is there to make yourself independent, to remove your reliability on other people and the system, start doing that. And chickens is a brilliant way to start because their shit will give you fertilizer. They'll start laying eggs. You know, they're, they're going to give you the best thing. The most pure form of protein is a raw egg white. Um, so you have pure protein that they are giving you on a daily basis and just start, start making steps, just take steps, you know, get the goal, uh, you know, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So make sure that you have a plan and you start executing it no matter how slow. I mean, not everybody has money to go out and just start spending on freaking all of this shit or move out into the country. That's why I'm still in the city is I just don't have the money to move out onto land because land around here is really expensive. It's stupid. Um, but that, and the only other word of wisdom I would say is before you try to tell someone they're wrong, try to prove that they are like, put like yourself take, in their shoes. Yeah. Like if somebody tells you, you know, um, whatever it is, whatever it is, we didn't go to the moon try to prove them wrong first and if you can't you know and that i get that shit all the time with freaking the flatter shit is people are like you're wrong well how much research have you done well none <laughs> maybe you should do some fucking research first then like try to prove me wrong if you think i'm freaking delusional prove me wrong i'm still waiting folks <laughs> prove me wrong and that's just it's just being able to change your mind based on a preponderance of evidence is a true sign of intellect so just keep an open mind shit that can't be proven don't hold it as truth you know it's fun to hold certain theories do i think there are gods sure but i think we could be them also i think okay. we could be gods we could be descendants of the nephilim or the fallen you know the I, i'm very compelled by the anunnaki story so you are what you think you are so if you're a god start ruling your shit mm -hmm. like be a god not a slave i like that those are some great words of wisdom so yeah. i know that you said you've had a lot of issues with your pages but if any of the listeners really enjoyed this conversation and they want to come find you why don't you let them know where to come find you yeah, you can find me just on Instagram. I don't do Facebook and Twitter won't allow me to have a page anymore. And every time I try to start a new one with a different email or whatever, it just, it's like a problem has occurred. Try again later. <laughs> so I am just not allowed on Twitter. Um, but you can find me on Instagram. I'm pretty active on both of my pages. Uh, my main page is at the hidden pod. And then they axed my last main page. So I'm going hard in the paint. And my other back, my new backup is at space is faking gay all <laughs> together. 
um and that one's growing quickly so i think that one that one may not be long for the world if it keeps growing at the rate of speed that it is <laughs> but you know it'll be fun while it lasts um and then you can find my podcast on all your podcatchers. It's hidden in plain sight. I'm on Alt Media United and ActualActivists.com. And uh, yeah, listen to my show if you want. I, I like having conversations like this. So that's what you'll find on my show is just cool ass conversations about all sorts of stuff. So yeah, I had a lot of fun today, man. I really hope yeah, you uh, want to come back on the show soon. Maybe yeah. I can pop up on your show one day. Dude, this was a blast. Yeah, we'll definitely end up. Yeah, we'll, you'll come on my show for sure. I don't have anything scheduled really. I've got so many shows in the tank right now that I'm just like not even scheduling shows. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, you'll have to come on. We'll continue this conversation because these are just a blast, man. And I like to see where certain conversations continue to go, you know, and how relationships evolve as we get to know each other, which is really fun. That's why I personally always like to free flow these conversations rather than have structures, because I feel like you really get to know your guests and you really form a connection with your guests when you do these kinds of things versus just having a structured thing where you're asking them questions. It's great just to have an interchanging of ideas, you know? Right. Well, the energy between us flows a lot better. We, we synchronize and we get connected on a different energy level when we allow it to just kind of be free flowing. When it's really structured, the energy isn't it's being disrupted to stay with the structure. Yeah, exactly. And there's always like little things at the end you can, you know, throw in to kind of bring it around, but like the words of wisdom, it's like a perfect thing where it doesn't take away yeah. from the conversation, but it definitely kind of connects everything. I love it, man. Love it. I'm looking forward to it, man. And to all the awesome. listeners, I appreciate you guys listening and taking the time to listen to this conversation. And uh, I'll see you on the next one. Have a good night, everybody. Bye.